the last seven days up through yesterday, the church presents what are called the O antiphons. They are these exclamations of expectation calling upon the Messiah to hasten quickly. These antiphons are prayed at evening prayer, the official prayer of the church, but also in the Alleluia verses. Now, we didn't hear that today. Instead, we heard Mary's Magnificat, a portion, a little piece of that in the Alleluia, because they, end, they ended yesterday. But I want to look at these seven antiphons with you briefly, because here, as we are in the last hours before Christmas, these express a very deep theology of the longing that our hearts should be experiencing for God. In the first one that was on December 17th, we heard, O wisdom of, our, of God most high, guiding creation with power and love, come to teach us the path of knowledge. That emphasis on God's wisdom, God's directing all of creation, hearkening back to the book of Genesis, and our desire that he come and teach us the way to true knowledge. Then the next day we heard, O leader of the house of Israel, giver of the law to Moses on Sinai, come to rescue us with your mighty power. Giver of the law to Moses on Sinai. In other words, it was Jesus, the Word, who was given in hidden form to Moses. He was the eternal law and the eternal Word of the Father who in the celebration of Christmas becomes the law and the word incarnate. We can see a progression in these antiphons. The first one mentioning creation and God's wisdom, God ordering all things, the law given through Moses. Then we get to Jesse's, this, Jesse, the father of David, on December 19th. O root of Jesse's stem, sign of God's love for all his people. Come to save us without delay. And we'll see in all of the rest of these antiphons, there's this refrain, come. Come to teach us. Come to rescue us. Come to save us. Come to fr and free the prisoners of darkness. Perhaps some of you have put up little trees in your home with ornaments. It's called a Jesse tree, or maybe you've heard of the tradition. And during the days of Advent, You've been hanging an ornament on there to remind you of the different prophecies and the different uh, members of Jesus' family. Jesus is called the root and the stem of Jesse because Jesse's tree, his lineage, had seemed to be cut to the very base. For hundreds of years, there had been no one on the throne of David, and yet Jesus comes up as that sprout, that branch of Jesse. More focused on the Davidic kingdom than we see in the next day, Jesus is called O Key of David, opening the gates of God's eternal kingdom. Come and free the prisoners of darkness. Jesus bears the keys of the netherworld. He bears the keys to those who were waiting the coming of the Messiah to free them from darkness and to open the kingdom of of eternal life. No one could enter heaven 
no matter how good they were, until the Messiah came. Then, the next day, O radiant dawn, splendor of eternal light, son of justice, come and shine on those who dwell in darkness and in the shadow of death. At the beginning of Luke's Gospel and Matthew's Gospel, they both quote this passage from Isaiah, from the ninth chapter, where it talks about the Messiah, or God himself, coming to shine his light on those who dwell in the shadow of darkness and the land of death. And what that land is that's referred to is the northern part of the kingdom, the part of Galilee, where Jesus would be born, and more importantly, or not where Jesus would be born, but where Jesus would grow up after his return from Egypt, and more importantly, where he would begin his mission of preaching the gospel. And then in the last two days, we heard, O King of all nations and keystone of the church, come and save man who you formed from the dust. Jesus comes to set us free not only as individuals, but to save us as a people. There is a universal destination or a universal call that he puts out to all peoples. And his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. His reign is an everlasting one. He's called the keystone of the church. Think of an arch. The keystone is at the top. It's the most central stone that hangs over the center place. And in many structures, it actually holds up that arch. It supports the rest of it. Jesus is that keystone supporting all of us, his followers. We are also reminded in this antiphon that we are dust. Come and save man who you formed from the dust. This takes us back to the very first week of Advent, where in the book of the prophet Isaiah, in the very final verses that we read that Sunday, it talked about God being a potter who forms us out of the clay. This whole Lenten journey ought to have been for us a time for us to be malleable in the hands of God, to allow Him to form us. In the second week of Advent, I focused on obedience and the need for us to, in order to be malleable, to be obedient to the Word of God and how obedience permeates this season. Finally, in yesterday's antiphon, we heard, O Emmanuel, our King and Giver of Law, come to save us, Lord our God. And this antiphon was most explicit about Jesus' divinity, about the Messiah's divinity. The word Emmanuel, as far as I'm aware, appears only three times in the New Testament, or three times total, actually, in Scripture. Two times in the Old Testament, in the book of Isaiah, and then one time in Matthew's Gospel. God with us, it means. Spelt with an I in Hebrew, but in Greek it is with an E. Emmanuel, God with us. That is the name that is given to Jesus. He will be God's presence with us. Lord our God, come and save us. We need to be saved of sin. This is the great news of Christmas. Christmas. 
that God comes to dwell with us. God's very law is not written on tablets of stone anymore, but it's written in the flesh of the Savior who will be born this night. The divinity of God, which seems so far away in the little infant, will be made so close. All of these antiphons with their refrain, come, are an invitation for us to be united with God. We cannot unite ourselves with God. He has to unite ourselves, himself with our human nature so that we might be united to his divinity. Last week we heard Mary's Magnificat in the Gospel. In that week, in the readings, it focused on magnifying the Lord, glorying in the Lord, giving Him honor and praise for who He is. In these final hours, perhaps we might go back to these O antiphons. You can look them up on the USCCB, the Bishop's website. Pray over them. Allow those words to become your own, your own longing for the Lord. We need to be saved from sin, not just as a historical reality, but as a personal reality. And that's why Christ comes as Emmanuel, as God's very presence with